But the people of Gilead are worthless because of their idol worship, and Gilead too. They sacrifice animals, their altars are lined up like heaps of stone along the hedges of a plowed field. That is Hosea 12 verse 11. My name is Steve Erspringer and you're listening to Worshiping God God's Way. I read that scripture because I wanted us to take a look at what happens to people who offer false worship and how he responds. The people in Gilead, they had spent thousands of hard, laborious hours. They're chiseling the stones that were now laying motionless alongside the plowed fields. The rock formations had similar features with rounded eyes, long straight noses, a rough square head pitted with chisel markings, each one looking a little different than the other, but they're lying next to each other. At the end of the day, the awkwardly shaped rocks bordered the field that would produce a crop of wheat. When the rains came, the people looked out over the field with desperation. Staring outward, their eyes did not focus on the heavy rocks that were now fully sunken into the mud, but rather at the plowed ground in hope of seeing signs of life. After several months of deferred hope, the people became like the sinking stones. They felt worthless. They too had sad stone faces fashioned out of dashed hopes. Their smiles turned downward like the idols now buried in the mud. The people, like their idols, were useless. God's intention is for us is never to be useless or worthless. He doesn't want anyone who's ever been created to feel that they have no place and no part and they feel worthless no matter what they do. However, there is a stipulation that we read about here in Hosea as he talks to Gilead, all the people that are living there in that city. God says you feel worthless because of the way you're worshiping. It's not that he wanted them to feel worthless. He wanted them to feel like they were succeeding. He wanted them to be overcomers of this time in their lives when there was no rain and there were no crops and they were struggling. Life has that sometimes for all of us, but he doesn't want us to feel worthless during those times, but it will depend on how you worship. People would say, it doesn't matter what I do, God's going to bless me anyway. His grace is sufficient for all my needs, and that's all true. It's, he wants to bless you at all times. His grace is sufficient at all times, but it's always based on what you're doing, how you're responding. What is your vision of him, and how do you come before him? He was saying to the people of Gilead that they're worthless because they worship idols. If they would have thrown the idols away, they would have experienced the opposite effect of worthlessness. They would have felt like they were worth a lot. They would have felt complete. They would have felt very useful instead of useless. But it's difficult when our work becomes part of our worship. And what do I mean by that? It was hard for the people of Gilead because they were spending hard, laborious hours building these small little shrines and these Canaanite gods. 
And once they got into the motion of it, it was hard to let it go. And sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we get a hold of an idea, we get a hold of a mission or a thought, something we're going to do for God, and we can't let it go. Sometimes it gets to be such a strong pull that we can't even hear what he's saying about what we're supposed to be doing. But when our work becomes our worship, our works suffer, and our worship is uninhabited. That was the other thing. God was not going to inhabit the works or the idols of Gilead. But he cared enough to send Hosea to them so they could hear what he was saying. God has not intended our fields of labor to be our act of worship. Yet, unconsciously, we insist that they are. The hours spent on planning and preparing for a meeting or rushing to plane flights, waiting in long lines to board trains or hailing taxis to get to a speaking engagement, none of that is worship. Still, to justify our sacrifice of hard labor or our inconveniences, we insist that it is. When Paul said, I offer myself a living sacrifice, that's Romans 12.1, he is speaking of a real personal sacrifice, a living act of service, not an act of intimate worship. To Paul, his work was associated with the plowing of the field, like laboriously laying the groundwork for a meeting or an evangelical outreach. It is the work of the ministry that Paul is referring to in Romans 12, not the worship of God. Review the text and see if you have any questions. And remember, there are different words. Make sure that you're looking at what the right word is within the context of this verse in this chapter. If we insist that our service is our worship, if we insist on it, we risk becoming like those in Gilead. This happens when our craft becomes our purpose and our hope is in the return substance of our labor. If we're not careful, we could someday look out over our field of mission and realize that the fruit of ministry is not the reward. When life's trials come and we fail to produce the results that we ourselves have planted, we can fall into a state of worthlessness like those in Gilead. There is, however, a way to reverse this misfortune, if you want to call it that. You can do what the Bible says. You can do what Jesus says. You can worship God and serve God God's way. There is a spirit-filled harvest and there is spirit-filled intimate worship that produces good work. And God wants every man to produce good work. He wants every man to overcome the sense of worthlessness because if you're listening to this podcast, you are not worthless. And the enemy tries to grab a hold of you because you feel guilty about other things and he tries to make you feel worthless. If you bow down and you worship God God's way, that worthlessness will disappear and you will be in the presence of him who created you, who is worthy to be worshiped, worthy to be praised. And he will share that with you and you will not be worthless. Worship.